So we uh, just wrapped up what was happening in the Dragonborn line there with uh, some strange doings there in Porta Magnum. And we are back to doing the five-year anniversary interviews with all of our podcast members. And today we have with us... Matt. And you play... Formerly no one, now Sorzak. Yes, that's the main one. You have a whole host of other little fun ones yes. there. But yes, uh, Sorzak is the uh, the main one there, and uh, I, I gotta say, when when Drew popped that name out, I'm like, really, Drew? Really? <laughs> you gotta do something I can't spell. <laughs> well, Draconic is a phonetic language because mm-hmm. dragons tend not to write because they have claws. Yes. So who cares if you can write it or not? Yeah, sort of like Old English. Yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, so five years ago we started this whole thing up. And uh, we started with Noan being kicked out of his monastery. Uh, you were called in front of your master, and he sent you on walkabout. And actually, walkabout is a real thing. It's um, something that's done with the uh, Aborigines in, uh, in uh, Australia. And they literally go for a walk until they run into themselves, and then they talk about whatever the, the issue is that they're having. And so your, your master sent you on that one. Now, And I realize I'm sending you way, in the Wayback Machine. Uh, with Sherman and uh, Mr. Peabody, but yeah. um, w- you know, do you recall back then um, what was going on in your mind? All of a sudden, you're just sent out to, into the wide, wide world. Well, I believe I went with the missive to to find myself or know myself, something along those lines. And five years ago, it didn't really have much meaning. You know, I kind of had my backstory in the in my head, so um, would that mean finding whoever my ancestor was? Uh, it kind of turned out that was related, but not really the yeah. thing. Um, so it was just, it was just sort of uh, just something that kind of hung in the background there, you know. And yours you was knew. the last of the backstories to come out, so yeah. it hung for five yeah. whole years before yeah. you found out. Yeah, for a while, yeah. Yeah, but then, you know, that's replaced with trying to figure out what what Noan at that time is all about, you mm-hmm. know, from a backstory on paper to playing him in real life was uh, yeah, interesting. He, he had probably one of the most developed uh, developments of any of the characters in this whole thing. It was very interesting. But anyway, so you were, t- you were sent out of the monastery. And uh, interestingly enough, as we've as we've said many times before, um, we actually started with a different cast and then got one recording session, couldn't record for three months, realized we had cast members that just had way too many diverse uh, schedules and, and had to recast the, the entire show. And so you went from being the sole monk and the sole um, member of your monastery to all of a sudden being one of two yep. as, as we added Jesse and, and her character, Adri. Um since that was just basically the beginning, uh, was there was there any uh, anything that tripped across your mind as, as that was happening, or or was uh, 
Was that just all copacetic having all of a sudden two monks? Or was it even maybe better having two monks uh, coming from the same monastery? Well, I would say it was better having two monks. So mm. no one kind of, you know, being a hermit most of his, you know, probably from early teenage until monk years, mm -hmm. having someone uh, familiar was certainly a plus. No one was never a social butterfly. Mm-hmm. In, in a way, it was kind of unfair to the rest of the players who all kind of came from their own storylines to all of a sudden yeah. have these, these two people that were working together already. Although, even then, the, the two of you were kind of strangers coming from the same locale, though. Yeah. It, it uh, definitely played out that way. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say we were buds in the mo monastery, but, you know, someone, uh, oh, yeah, I, I went to school with that person. Mm -hmm. More likely, yeah. oh, they were in my class. Yeah. But yeah. familiar. Mm -hmm. You at least knew the subject. Yeah. And when you're dealing with like weird dragonborn and crazy paladins and like sorcerers that want to just self explode, it was nice to have a little bit of familiar there. Well, the sorcerer didn't want to self explode. It just seemed to be a uh, uh, thing that was going to happen whether he wanted it or not. Well, we'll see. He, he seemed to push the limits on that exploding quite a bit. Yep. But anyway, so you all went off to Lowford, and Lowford is where you met. And um, I used the device of having you all formed up into a militia group to uh, get you all on the same team there. And so what, what was your thought when you, you arrived there and all of a sudden this, this militia group was forming? And that's the first time that everybody has seen each other's characters, really. Well, at that point, um, personally, I was like, okay, what, what does this mean? You know, it's... Uh, different than you meet in a, a tavern type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that automatically militia lends itself to a little bit more formality, I suppose. Yep. Yeah. Um, from a no-on perspective, I would say you had no opinion, mm -hmm. right? Going from being uh, ridiculed in his village to living in the forest to being in a monastery, it was like, okay, this is just a thing, mm -hmm. you know? Anyway, so you're formed up in the monastery. You went out on your first tour of duty. You got involved in a fights with wolves and spiders, which was hilarious in its own mm -hmm. way. And uh, then we're kind of the heroes of the city. We're sent off to Waterfall City to go and petition the Baron. And uh, when you attempted to do that, um, uh, you were told to come back tomorrow. And then when that happened, you ended up... Uh, being involved in a uh, big Donnybrook in the bar with uh, zombies, which you thought were zombies, but turned out to be just fungal zombies uh, yeah. coming out of the cellar. And then, uh, of course, that was fun because the um, martial types didn't have their armor and had to go running upstairs to get their weapons. Oh, yeah, I remember mocking them for that. Yeah. You, you, I also Rightfully so. I also remember you hitting the floor face first after uh, you heroically threw yourself in the path of the zombies and protected the rest of the uh, party. I remember the heroism falling on my face is not a memory that I have. <laughs> um, and uh, then you had an even bigger battle in the streets. And uh, then you went down in the den of iniquity to uh, find the source of the, the zombie outbreak. And you found in the, the sub-sub-cellar that uh, that's where the people were partaking of torque. And, and that was infecting them with the fungal spores. Uh, what was your thought when you went down there and found bodies covered in fungus? Everyone seemed to have a, a bit of a revolted experience there. You know, it was gross. It was gross. Uh, one never actually knows 
where fungal infestation is going to lead. Um, that certainly left the door open to the imagination quite a bit. Mm. So fungal zombies were bad enough, but did they have an evolved state? Were they going to turn into some sort of, you know... Giant fungal mass. Fungal mass or, Mm -hmm. you know, some nastier thing. Yeah. Or some sort of fungus ooze. Who knows? Yeah, but then um, something really interesting happened the next day after you were uh, pressed into service to uh, go be ambassadors um, the uh, across the way. You all sat down to dinner and realized that you had never really had a chance to meet each other. And I remember when I did that, it was hilarious because everyone was just like, oh, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say anything. And I kind of did a catalog of everyone's backstory in my mind. And it's like, oh, yeah, everyone's got a super secret, dark and mysterious backstory. No one's going to say a thing here. Yeah. Um, And it turned out that everyone actually did have a super secret uh, backstory. You know, turns out that Cotter wasn't actually Cotter. He was, uh, you know, posing as Alistair and he was a a scion of a noble house and, and had run away and... Then it, um, the you know, with uh, Creval, he didn't really have a backstory. He was just found on the road dead, and had to be nursed back to health. Um, the probably the least mysterious of all of them, although it was still mysterious, was uh, Arlen, and uh, he, he just didn't want to really kind of explain how he got his powers because it was too creepy. Um, and then, of course, Adri wasn't going to tell anything about uh, her backstory because, of mm-hmm. course, she was completely in disguise. Yep. Um, now, and you just kind of, um. Yours wasn't really like hidden, but it was just one of those ones you just don't talk about. So, well, it's apparent, right? Yeah. I have horns and such, but I kind of view it as like just getting really tired of telling the same story mm-hmm. again. It's like, yeah, okay. You know, you tell the story. No one really wants to hear the fact that you didn't go murder or eat people. Mm-hmm. They just assume you did, and and really want the gory details on that versus you know being an abused youngster. So, yeah, no one was like. What else is new? Must yep. be Tuesday. <laughs> well, um, Creval got everyone to to uh, actually, you know, draw everyone out and get them talking. And you you did explore your backstories, although there were still plenty of secrets there, as as we found out. Um, and then you went off into the forest, and um, you met Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. And uh, how did how did that meeting go? Um, all told, there. I recall Snoot the dragon. That's yes. when we first met Snoot. And yes, who Snoot was it? would appear would appear again and again and again. Yeah. And Creval tried to like talk to it and and uh, well, that was the plan until um, Jesse rolled a nat one on her uh, yeah. stealth check and ended up you know with Adri falling into the clearing and starting combat up there. Yeah, and then uh, the conversation didn't go well. There was fighting, so I remember Adri punched punched the dragon Broke on the nose, Snoot. And yeah, that, and that was. Uh, that was the beginning of a wonderful friendship with the Black Dragon. Yeah, he would show up over and over again. So, and and uh, even ate his Wheaties towards the end there. Yeah, well, that was that was really bizarre because yeah, he like aged forty years in the span of a couple of weeks' time uh, when the last time you saw him. So I, I don't. Did, did you guys ever figure out what was going on there? Um, we had guessed maybe it was like a true polymorph or something, um, but we never really thought about it after that because once we defeated it and took some of the treasure we were like or came back for the treasure i guess we're like okay good because you know it's sort of annoying to have a black dragon pop up and try to kill you 
you know. Once every couple of weeks. Yeah. That gets old after a while, yeah. Yeah, you're kind of like, well, you know, we just wanted to have lunch. Yeah. Now, um, you came back for its uh, treasure, but it was missing. You went back in the body. Well, actually, you didn't go back, but uh, um, Galchabar went back to check things out. That He alerted you to the treasure hoard and said that the, the body was missing when he got there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was a little alarming. I mean, who's going to do what with a black dragon body is, is uh, kind of bizarre. Well, you know, as a player, mind you, when we're dealing with Aloal the Lich and we have a, a dragon body disappear... One might wonder what darker and arcane mysteries might be happening. Especially with a, someone with necromantic powers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably not going to come out with a fun bearded dragon at the no. end of that. But who knows? Knowing you that uh, I'm sure Snoot is is in our future at mm-hmm. some point. We'll have to see. Yeah. Maybe maybe Snoot version 4. We'll see. Yeah. But Snort. anyways. So yeah, you, you met Robin Hood. You met Llewellyn. And uh, what did he want you to do? He was saying, hey, the Baroness of, I forget which barony, no one doesn't really care. Um, You know, kicked him out. He's the rightful heir to the throne, something like that. Helped me. He wanted help getting uh, his throne back. So we did. I recall we fought a couple of meanies on the stairway and and, uh, took out the Baroness, but only to find that the Wellen wasn't such a nice guy after all. Yeah, it turns, so, turns out he was more like 12th in the line to the throne. Yeah, and, so we, uh, got, yeah. we got some goodie bags and basically was shown the door and said, don't come back. So that was nice. Yeah. That was nice. Thanks, the yeah. Wellen. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, that set up the ongoing distrust for the Dungeon Master for the whole rest of the campaign there. Because, yeah. And he just pulled the, the rug out from under you. So, yeah, he was actually um, just uh, using your, your muscle to try to, to do a coup upon his, his uh, cousin. And and turns out he wasn't really the rightful heir. Uh, but, yeah, so they gave you some uh, magic items and sent you on your way. And uh, then you ended up, um, the only shelter that you guys could think of at the time was Cotter's Monastery. And uh, you went up there, and uh, turned out that the monastery had some new landlords. Yeah, yeah. Well, a monster, sorry. That sounded a lot better in my head. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, it was it was filled with undead, and I and I believe we had a particular worrisome flaming skull or something like that in there. Yeah, that was yeah. a little a little tough for us at that level. Now we would scoff at such a creature, but um, yeah. That, but it's unnerving when you have a monastery filled with clerics and paladins that should be able to fend these creatures off, and they didn't. So it does it does rather um, trip the imagination as to what possibly actually took down the monastery and left this force behind. Yeah, um, and I would say left like just a little bit of force. Like, okay, we've done our job, but like you ten people just hang around. Yeah, go eat everything here. Yeah. Although um, Flame Skull's nothing to be uh, sneezed at, so. Um, and actually did take down uh, Arlen in the in the fight you had with it, so. Well, to be fair, pretty much everything takes down Arlen. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Grasshopper could do that. I, it may have, too. Yeah. Anyway, so the other fun thing that happened there was after you uh, faced off against the, the Flame Skull, you then were jumped by shadows outside, and Adri used dancing lights to light up the uh 
shadows so you could actually see where they were. And that was the first time that the party had any inkling that Adri was more than what she said. Because, you know, monks should not have dancing lights as, mm-hmm. as a cantrip. Um, and uh, so how much did you know about Adri's backstory? Um, you know, the two of you obviously came from the same monastery and things like that. So there was, it seemed like there might be we, some information. We had change. known each other's uh, backgrounds. I mean, you kind of think about the monastery. We have weird dro nobility. We have half you know, yeah, devils. You, you would think that in the monastery, so I kind of think about it. It's sort of like secret, those yeah. big, just a big support group. Yeah, I mean, we probably weren't the only two wayward folks. It almost seems, at least from my backstory, that the master went looking for for people who who could use a helping hand. So we were familiar with each other's backstories, and we were actually pretty protective of the other's secrets too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So, yeah, I think the rest of the party wasn't as or, or didn't cotton on at this point in time to uh, to what was going on there. Um, but then you went all the way uh, to um, back to uh, Waterfall City because uh, back then Alistair, uh, as his name was, Cotter, and then actually in, in Gurnville, who was or Craval, who was Gurnville, uh, both got mummy rot. So we had to run back and, and get healed up there as fast as you could. Um, and then you, after some uh, adventures in Waterfall City, you got to go see the wizard. It was off to see the wizard, this um, wizard that was either a uh, powerful mage or a kook that was living in the tower there. And what was what was your first feeling when you met Galchabar? Well, you know, it was a little interesting, I suppose. Having a powerful wizard and a kook are not mutually exclusive. True, true, true. So he turns out to be both, um, but helpful. So, you know, he was useful. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was very interesting. As we were talking with, uh, with uh, Owen about, uh, in the beginning, you guys were contacting him almost constantly. Yeah. And um, then it's been interesting, as you have gained in power and ability, um, you have not really been talking to him much at all. So you you, you all have grown up in the world and, and don't need this support structure anymore. Well, it, I mean, at first we're asking for help. More more often than not, we're letting him know information. Oh, by the way, this yucky thing was here. Mm-hmm. We dealt with it. You know. Oh, okay. We'll go find the ancient Yeti lair, you yeah. know, or whatever. So he's the one who checked out the, the dragon. So we've kind of become little agent sort of like the tabaxi galchabar tends to have these little parties just learning about the world and and feeding back and i get the sense that provides just enough help at the beginning so his investments don't die so you know who's being used here i don't know yeah set you on your road there and gave you just enough uh assistance to to keep you going um, but uh, then you went off to the uh, uh, Oracle of Ubrim Concordia, but in order to get there, you had to go and find transportation. So you ran into a, a, a shifty uh, um, pilot called uh, Danio, who had a barely functional uh, air, airworthy craft. And um, your exit from uh, Waterfall City didn't go all that well. 
I forget why we got... We were supposed to deliver, like, a marriage proposal or something to some baron, and we just didn't. Uh, well, you were supposed to... Actually, you were doing shopping for Dania and yourselves before you left, uh. and then you were noticed by guards, and it, and you, you figured out that, you know, when you were hiring Dania and asking her to go someplace that it's death to go to if you're not a royal, um, somebody overheard you and decided to... Uh, to report you in or sold you out or something like that. But anyways, you you all got chased through the city streets. And I don't know what it is about this party, but whenever I give you an easy skills check, it seems like the party always fails it. And when I do one that's really hard, they just like breeze through like nothing's a problem. Well, and you know, it's interesting. Something like Fireball that should be able to destroy any of these little plebe guards just never seem to work in these. Well, uh, We have wish. We wish we escaped. Mm. Also, you didn't have Fireball back then. but uh. Well, we could have. But yeah, so you made it out, although you had a hard ban from uh, from Waterfall City at that point in time. Did you ever think you were going to be able to be uh, going back there? Well, to no one, it would be like, oh, banned from somewhere else. So Waterfall yeah. City had no particular meaning other than that was just a place we had to go. Mm-hmm. So being banned from there is... Might as well join the rest of them. Yeah, I was you're, like, you're just being feel left out. Yeah, add that yeah. add that name to the list of yep. exile. So, no, I never had a lot of expectations. So, oh, okay, or oh, my my quote unquote friends, you know, got me uh, in trouble again. You know, it's hard to build trust when your buddies are are kind of putting you in these weird situations. Yeah. Anyway, so you made it over to the or- Oracle and you got the poem. And the poem set you on the path for, uh, you know, the whole rest of the story, at least to, to uh, give you a guidance point. Uh, what did you think was up when you first got that poem? Because I remember after we shut the recording off, everyone started debating it. I wish I kept the recording going. But everyone started debating it and everybody is just, I mean, you, you guys were just brainstorming everywhere from the plane of fire to the plane of shadow to, uh, I think the grand Canyon and downtown Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, some of those, I think we, we guessed, I think the drow we had mm-hmm. figured out, we suspect we're going to the underworld because we have clues saying there's a portal to the, uh, to, to the, uh, to the, uh, what do we want to kind of the fiendish realms? Yeah. I think we're keeping it generic at that yeah. that way. The underworld, yeah. Um, so we had guessed. We kind of thought a beholder was in there. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. But it's also scary because, mm-hmm. you know, as players, we know some of these things aren't aren't uh, a piece of cake. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, that was exciting. It was exciting. And it was nice to have a little bit of view of where we might be going. It builds a little bit of the anticipation. Although you really didn't get the view part of the view until you actually got the uh, the name of your foe and actually uh, looked in the bowl back in uh, Valleys Calii. But, but that's a whole different part of the story and we're jumping way ahead. But yeah, so you came out... And you found the entire courtyard was being overrun by undead. Mm-hmm. And you noticed your airship floating away and a body falling from it. And um, initially you thought that was Dania. Did did you think that was Dania when you first saw that go? I thought it might. Yeah. It might. Because um, that's certainly something you would have done to us. You know, leave us stranded in a, a desert island of yeah. undead with certainty of death. Yeah. 
low chance of success. Yeah. 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 Just like you like it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, and actually, as, as I admitted to the other players, um, the way I structured this adventure, basically the first half of it, everything was going to go wrong. And you try to do something, it would backfire. Um, you know, people you loved would die. Uh, you know, basically everything would go downhill and until you all basically got enough things going that you turned it around and, and got it going the other direction. Um, and so, yeah, this was definitely a part of that. Uh, you, you did find out, you know, when you tromped out in the, into the, the dust of the, the mare that uh, it was a uh, zombie's foot that was sticking out. So it, yeah. it had been... Uh, had been uh, not Dania, and and she was still safe, although the thing was floating away. So for as as far as you knew, she was dead. Um, and that left you, you know, basically tromping off through the desert. And when you were tromping from place to place, you you actually got to meet a, a, a tortoise yeah, that yeah. dragged you onto the right path. Apparently, that was kind of fun. Um, and then you ran into Arlen's backstory. Yeah, like weird Tiger Man or something. Yeah, like that. so uh, the Mad Mage, and uh, you know he comes out in the Tiger Mask. You chase him inside. His his uh, shack is bigger on the inside than the outside, and you chase him downstairs. And then you get involved in the chaos fight. Yeah, I remember that was like those weird like astral beholder thingies or something. Well, like actually, that? that was that was the uh, re- revisit that you did with the tabaxi. Okay. But the, the first one, you all chased him downstairs, and he lightning bolted, missed, and hit the uh, entire shelf full of chaos oh, yeah. bottles. And then everybody had to roll for any action. They had to roll on the wild magic table. And that's always a fun thing. Yeah, people are basically saying it's, it's either their first or second favorite fight of the entire uh, campaign was that one there. I mean, who wouldn't want someone to sprout a giant blue beard when fighting yes. a powerful creature? Or ha- or have bells and, and birds yeah. singing and things yeah. like that. And actually, it was kind of fun that the, the thing that finished it off um, was Arlen rolling and getting the magic missiles. And the magic missiles basically taking out uh, taking out the, uh, the mad mage. His um, chaos destroyed him in the end. Ha! Huh. Now, when this first came about, um, you all... You know, I described it to you, and then I remember at the end of the, that was the end of the episode, and we looked over, and Owen was sitting there, and so Owen was sitting there, and he was just like white as a sheet, mm-hmm. and he was just kind of staring forward. He he did not think his backstory was the first one that was going to to come out, and uh, just it just was dumb luck. I mean, I had planned the route that you were all going to go, and he put his backstory right basically right in the middle of where you were going mm-hmm. in the first five levels of the thing, so. Um, what did what did you feel like when you realized that oh hey people's backstories are actually a part of the story going forward? Um, it wasn't unexpected, um, but I'm glad they did. So it's it's one of those things that I think are necessity. Mm-hmm. You you expect it, you want it, and if it doesn't happen, you really notice it. So. Um, having the backstories, I, I expected, but I liked having them kind of unfold kind of along with the storyline instead of like, you're, you're sitting in front of the fire and going, well, I never told you about the tiger, man. I mean, so, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, actually of all the backstories, which do you think was the most fun for you to have, uh, come out in, in the end? Probably Creval's because that backstory had a lot of 
you know, altercation in game and out of game mm-hmm. as as that uh as what did he start off as a fighter, I think, an Eldritch Knight, then well, turned fighter, into a bar- barbarian. Yeah. And as a barbarian, he was trying to kill or being violent towards the party. So, well, that was when he was still a fighter, because that was that was yeah, he the was, the beginning of his yeah. um, his backstory coming out. He started yeah. having these like mental lapses where his his barbarian self was coming through, and he was chasing people through mansions. Yeah. So like our that. our characters were like, "What gives?" But the players were like, "Drew, what are you doing?" And yeah. Drew was tight lipped. So we're like, are "You being a jerk or what?" You know. I remember you all were like trying to figure a way to, to you know, cleverly kill him and, and hide the body at, at one point there. We would have, too. Yeah. <laughs> I think you saw that. Well, I yeah. better I better uh, fast forward something. Otherwise, there's going to be a re-roll here. Yeah, I, I basically pushed that right to the end. I'm like, OK, yeah, we've had enough of this. It's time for his backstory to come out before we all shoot each other. So, uh, but it, it did make for, like you said, one of the more interesting backstories to come out. And uh, a couple of the players have said that, yeah, uh, the uh, Creval's backstory popping out was the, the most interesting well, thing. And I, to give credit to Drew, he, he played that very well. Mm-hmm. So he's been very true to what that backstory yeah. means. So yeah. um, it wouldn't have worked... It wouldn't have worked nearly as well if he wasn't a punk about how he implemented it. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm afraid, afraid you're 100% correct there. Uh, but anyway, so you all um, made it through the desert and got down to the old abandoned capital. And there, a couple of big things happened. Um, most noticeably that Adri's, not backstory, but her secret was revealed. Yeah, her lineage. Yep. She tripped off the uh, bridge into the water and all the makeup she was wearing to hide the fact that she was a drow washed off. And um, so you already knew about that. So that wasn't a surprise to to no one's character at that point in time. Uh, but it was a, a huge reveal for the rest of the party. Um, to the point where it was kind of a, a bone of contention for some time on, on, on the, the party there. Well, it was interesting. So sitting from no one's perspective, it was like, ah, uh, here's this paladin who's supposed to be this awesome person. They're supposed to be the paragons of virtue. Of course, I knew what stories and then these people who were beginning to grow trust and how quickly they turned i was mm-hmm. like oh well and, and he's actually, been I, wearing the sheep's clothing this whole time well I, I did have to counsel both bryce and owen um before this all came out that you know it's like they're they were half elves so they would have grown up hearing stories from their parents about uh you know the wickedness of the drow and uh and actually as bryce said he he was kind of eh, about that and tried to play the part as best he could when adri's backstory um or secret was revealed but he said it wasn't until they actually went to visit the drow mm-hmm. that he's like oh okay i get it now yeah yeah if, if if my mother had told me stories about this place even half way what we're actually experiencing in real life then yeah he w- he would have been like oh my gosh it's a drow we must kill it you know and being suspicious sure but having traveled with someone who's put her life on the line for them to have them draw yep. blade so soon i was like wow what a particularly drawish thing to do you know mm-hmm. right they were <laughs> maybe uh 
low latched on to the elves for a reason and not some other species. Maybe, yeah. Um, but uh, you all got over that eventually. <laughs> well, I was threatening to kill them in their sleep for quite yes. some time, and I would have too. Yeah. And actually, I remember the, the turning point was actually when um, Cotter basically um, offered to exchange his life for, for Adri's with Dianect. And I, I, remember, I remember that you gave, you gave him the, uh, the uh, uh, Robert Redford nod yeah. at that point in time. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was, it was a bone of contention for some time. Um, but anyways, you uh, did make it into the castle and you uh, looked around and couldn't find anything. Until uh, you uh, noticed that one wing of the castle was still standing. Um, and you then boosted the squishiest member of the party into the window to be attacked by all the stuff inside. The animated carpets or whatever. Yeah, and the flying swords. And that's when we found out Adri's other secret. She can't jump through windows. <laughs> well, yeah, that was that was the session of the Nat One, wasn't it? Actually, that happened. the 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 major Nat One session happened when you uh, were trapped in the Lowell's illusionary maze. But yeah, it was it was. But it was like the session of the eight and the seven and things like that. Yeah, was, she was just. Well, you know, everyone's entitled to a bad day. Yep. But as it turns out, you know, as she started taking the way of the shadow, it kind of makes sense where some of that leapy part of monkdom wasn't her forte mm -hmm. she yeah. would leap into shadows not yeah she was a sneaker windows, not a yeah. leaper yeah yeah um, but anyways you worked your way through got to pet some fluffy cats and then you met the last queen of the old kingdom and what was your feeling when you actually got to meet the queen there in the library i have to remember we had something about a crown i forget what that was about well, you you had you were there because she was going to tell you the name of your foe. Oh yeah, yeah. Which actually, ironically, was so you could use the bowl to find out who your foe was. But then, for some reason, you all glossed over that until I actually went and had Galchabar poke Arlen at the Moon Festival and you know shame him into using the bowl. So, uh, did you look that guy up? Um, but um, mm -hmm. one's always suspicious of ancient, like undead. You know. Mm -hmm. The, I don't know if there's any good ones. They might, they're not necessarily all bad. Um, at that point, no one had only encountered the evil zombies and whites mm -hmm. and stuff. But there's no story that goes through the, the realm of, you know, Glenda the good ghost. So you're always kind of wondering if this creature has survived all this time. Well, apparently she had been able to keep herself alive, but only in this circle. So she waited a thousand years sitting in the circle waiting for you to all to arrive, which yeah. is quite an awesome concept when you think about it. Um, but anyway, so you did finally get the name of your foe, and you left there, and you went down the coast and, and uh, ran to a guy in a fishing shack, had to help a uh, silky out there. And then going slightly north there, uh, you ran into a damsel in distress. You actually ran into Orlana. Oh, yeah, getting her. She was like buried and being harassed by harpies, I believe. Yeah, the harpies had driven her into quicksand and were just harassing her while she died slowly and horribly. And you were able to help her out. Um, and that put Orlana in your party for uh, quite some time. And what, what was your feeling about Orlana? I always thought she was a bit of a nuisance. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, let's go back to some like old Dirty Harry movies when he has to pick up the new partner who's just out of the academy. You know this person's just... Things are going to be worse off with them than without them. So uh, 
I think Noan was constantly trying to like ditch her or find ways for her to die or convince people to exile her or something. And, you know, I guess at the end she she was worth something. She saved the whole party, yeah. But, you know, how much of that circumstance would we have avoided if we didn't have to have this child we have the tug along? So, you know, it's great to uh, to be the hero, but if you're the hero and fixing the mess you created, you're not really such a hero. So no one is always like, well, you know, yay. Yep. So then you made your way up to the elves, and um, then um, they directed you to uh, where Lowell's tower had been, and you actually found the tower was what? It was... Well, it was underground, yeah, and that was, his, into the that ground, was yeah. his school, Yeah. right? So, and, and it was a happy, fun, exciting school, wasn't it? It was, but... Um, as we later learned, as he started toying with powers that were not of this world per se, then that place certainly stopped becoming Disneyland. Yeah, it. Uh, in fact, quite the opposite. He, he killed everybody inside in order to achieve lichdom. Uh, so yeah, as you went down and down and down into the tower, it just got worse and worse and worse. And then you got into the basement and you found an a maze that then led to an arena and what was that whole basement level what uh, what did that turn out to be i think it was just an illusion yeah, right? yeah it was basic- an illusion where we we had various clapping undead cheering on their other undead gladiators yeah. and we kill someone one would come down and then that was the first of the illusions yeah did, did you ever when, when did you cotton on that that was actually an illusion and not the whole thing was real because, and with all the illusions, um, there is always a little hint of Something's maybe right. going a little too far. We're like, these things shouldn't be that hard to kill, mm-hmm. or why are these things even, why would zombies be clapping? Uh, yeah. There's always something that if you look, you're like... It just doesn't quite drive. Yeah, it's just, that was invented. Yeah. Anyway, so um, you did survive that, and you went back for the Moon Festival, and you actually ran into your mother at the Moon Festival, uh, which was not a happy reunion. No. And uh, then uh, you're, you got to uh, get a new member of the party in uh, a bard called Nissian, who traveled with you for some time. Oh, yes, Nissian. And, uh, yeah, what, did, did you enjoy having Nissian along? Only when he gone Nissian. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, I did that. I did that. Um well, I did as a player. I liked the the intriguing. No one just finds new things annoying, mm-hmm. you know. N- no one doesn't adapt quickly or well. So whenever a new party member came in, not big on transitions. No, no. Um, but then you know uh, the mystique of Nissian grew. So now we all have our own suspicions. Yeah. What What do you think's happening with Nissian? Well, he was. He's. Always seems to be there uh, at the prime time. Well, which... he, he does say when, when he shows up that Galchabard contacted him, told him to run into you guys because you might need help at well, XYZ. How, how convenient, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you know Galchabard can look at the bowl and, and see you there even yeah, if you're not talking yeah. to him. But um, I think what really made us suspicious is we're going to fast forward to the Underdark where mm-hmm. it turns out he was the uh, 
<laughs> Drizzit Ranger. Yes. So we're like, okay, at the very least, this dude can disguise himself and lead an entire revolution in the Underdark. Well, it seemed like he was like the uh, lead conductor in the Underground Railroad. Yeah, there, but you know? so he may but not a be player. running thing, but he was definitely yeah, definitely a player. So, in so thing. anyone who can be thumbing their nose at the the matriarchy like that is certainly someone who just doesn't play in garage bands. Yeah. So, um, I think we all were like, okay, is Nissian even mortal, right? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Yeah. You know, when at this point when we're in the world of liches and we've met the uh you know some of the rulers from the Feywild, mm -hmm. you have to Ancient dragons, you know, yeah, you're, luckily you're the they were nice. You kind of go, well... Yeah, you put some rare air there, yeah. Yeah, maybe we're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah. And when someone kind of has that much flex, you have to kind of guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or maybe it was Galchabar himself. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Anyway, so um, as we are saying, you uh, met up with him, and then you went down to, to get some passage at, uh, the, at Kaleskwe, and you ended up uh, with a couple things happening. First thing is um, you ran into someone who recognized um, Alistair as someone named Cotter. And then, uh, you know, Bryce played that off as just mistaken identity, and which this, this guy Kent seemed to accept. But I remember the players around the table did not accept that. No, no, no. I believe True's uh, exact quote was, you are the worst liar ever. <laughs> yeah, which is true, yep. which is true. Yeah, Bryce really doesn't uh, have a huge deception score. He, he, he doesn't play poker well, I don't no. think. Yeah, so what did you think was going on with Bryce's backstory when that happened? Well, at that point, you're... So... With backstory, we can say, okay, the Mad Mage kidnapped uh, Arlen. Cool. That mm -hmm. happened to you. you. You're not hiding anything. You just, you had a traumatic experience and you're not going to share it. No one can really fault you for that. Mm -hmm. Then we have Gurnville at that time with his own little backstory of being a barbarian and mm -hmm. the now part of the drag. We're like, mm. and then now here's this other thing. So you're kind of like, well... You know, who are these people? You know, you don't necessarily assume that they're part of some secret dark society, even though with Gurnville, you never knew at that point. Yeah. But um, sort of like, come on, man. You know, and from no one's point of view, I'm like, I wear my backstory on my head. I, mm -hmm. I had nothing to hide. Yeah. I mean, no one said, well, tell me about your mother. Mm -hmm. No one. Then that's the thing. No one bothered to ask. And I would have been annoyed had they because I'd been asked so many things. But from no one's point of view, there really isn't a lot of deceit. Is is kind of uncaring uh, that no one was. Deceit really wasn't in, in the, the toolbox. Mm -hmm. There was really no reason to lie. Yeah, People just weren't worth that effort. Mm -hmm. So you're sort of like, come on, man, you know. How many people are going to lie? I'm just trying to figure you out. And, oh, now what else don't I know? You know, yeah. are you going to draw your blade on me suddenly? You know, because you never know. And that was, you know, almost a strike two. But yeah, so anyways, the other fun thing that happened is all of a sudden you were accosted by Danya again. 
And this was the first time people realized that, oh, hey, there's NPCs that are going to keep recurring this thing. They're not just one throwaway characters you're going to to meet in one adventure and then, you know, take off. So what was your thought when uh, when uh, Danya appeared again? Well, I think we all liked Danya, mm-hmm. even though we got ditched. Well, it really wasn't her fault. It wasn't her it. fault, yeah. but... But um, she's sort of like Jack Sparrow, who you probably don't want to hang out with too much because you're going to get burned. Mm-hmm. But if you get burned, you're like, well, yeah, I, that's okay. You know? Yeah. So um, I think everyone liked Anya, and we were happy to see her back. And as I recall, we're pretty quick to forgive any indiscretion. Certainly since the... the uh, Deception amongst their own party has yeah. been ramp- ramping high. So, someone who is honest, yeah, well, hey, sorry. Yep. So, she flew you out to the uh, clouded oasis, which turned out to be more illusions in this case, covering the, the stairs down into the, yeah, some the fountain with city. fish swimming in there or something like that. Yeah. And uh, you then went down into uh, basically a dungeon of traps, which oh, was yes. amazing fun for the dungeon master. Um, maybe not so much for you guys. Although people said, you know, it, it was tooth grindingly annoying at the time, but at the same time, it was kind of fun having something so incredibly different. Well, you know, when someone has super good stealth and acrobatics, it wasn't so bad for me. And until you, the rope dissolved in the middle of the chasm that turned to be filled up with the uh, gelatinous cubes. Yeah, so that, that was w- exciting. Yeah, well, that wasn't fun. But um, yeah, that that kind of stunk. But um, it's always good to, to mix it up that way. Yeah, And actually, that was my thought. It's like, you know, I was designing that particular one. I'm like, we just did a dungeon crawl, you know, with the, with the sunken tower. I don't want to do another dungeon crawl. And then it, it hit to me. It's like, well, how about an entire um, dungeon of traps? I mean, that would be that would be the perfect thing to uh, hide one of your uh, phylacteries in. Yeah. And, and uh, then you you know, got through that one um, and had what is considered by a lot of the folks to be the most fun of fight of the entire thing. You end up going next to a wall of obsidian where your reflections were, there, but they were the evil reflections. Oh, yeah. And, evil robot uses. Yes, and they jumped out and attacked, and, and uh, you all got to command your evil selves attacking your regular selves, and, and uh, that caused all sorts of fun and chaos. Yeah, I think the intent was for us to fight our doppel there, but I think we just, the evil selves just started attacking random good selves. Well, yeah, I think basically what happened is like people started going, well, what would my evil self do? Oh, he'd go after the weakest person in the party. Or this player's really been annoying me, so now I can use an excuse to have my evil self (laughs) go after (laughs) them. You also managed to get Noan separated from the group by about 10 feet, so he was all of a sudden easy pickings off to the side, so. Pickings. I wouldn't say easy pickings. <laughs> I, I, let's be clear there. Okay, yeah, easier pickings then. But yeah, so that um, was was that one fun to do or? Um... Well, that that's always nice. It's um, some of the most dangerous foes you fight are other party, other adventurers. You know, because uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of just the diversity of skills. Dragons are tough, but they they do that one dragon thing really well. But when we have to fight ourselves with a variety of magic and skills, you have to think a little more carefully yeah. on, on how you're going to use your own resources. And speaking of dragons, you uh, got done with that dungeon and you uh, found there was a dragon sitting on your ship. And what, what was going through your mind when, uh, when you, you heard uh, Nissian and, and Dania saying that? 
Well, dragons are never a good thing. And I can't remember if we had seen Snoot again at this point or, or not. Uh, well, he just about killed Adri. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's right. Oh, that's the time Adri died like five yeah. times. And we had to fight the, the snake people around then, too. So yeah. that was a bad day for Adri. She melted a lot. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we didn't really have a lot of good good interactions with dragons. Um, so you never know. And even good aligned dragons, they're, they're not necessarily nice. They're mm-hmm. just not evil. Yeah. You know, they're kind of like Xena. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and this one a very lonely Zena who wanted entertainment. So. Oh yeah, we had to uh, we had to perform. Yes, and you did very poorly the first time, but fabulously on the second. Once again, what is it with this party? I give you a tough one, and you guys just breeze right through it, and an easy one, and you fumble completely. But well, the fates want to entertain our listeners, I yes. suppose, and and they do. Um, anyways, but uh, eventually you got free from her clutches and uh, went to waterfall or excuse me, Port of Magnum finally. And that's where Cotter's uh, backstory came out, although Alistair at the time. And so what, what did you think was happening when all of a sudden um, this uh, girl shows up, wraps herself around Alistair, calls her Cotter, and then drags you all back to this palatial estate? Um, frankly, I was like, cool. Some resources we can use. Yeah, at the very least, it was a base of operation. I was like, wow, and people with money, maybe they can buy us stuff. Yeah. Turned out they didn't have a lot of money, though. No, we did get backstory. some stuff, but yeah. we we could we we had some measure of credit from their name. Yeah, there was a little panache there. Yeah. Well, I mean, because if they're in the upper circle, everyone has to kind of play that game. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, it it just doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, and then you had to go and uh, and uh, solve the problem of a plague going on in Port of Magnum, and and how fun was that one? Actually, trying to figure out the whole back of the plague and and get it solved and all that well that was interesting i would say that's probably the first instance where no one started caring about people other than himself interesting um that point i think he was immune to disease and so was able to go into the sick wards and and see stuff Mm -hmm. without being being affected so that was a plus, but not having the ability to do anything, you know, it was like, well, that's nice. You know, I can sit here in the sick bed and hold someone's hand and, you know, not get it myself. But it was, that's when we found the little fungus on the yep. wheat and um, we were able to, uh, you know, eventually have a bunch of clerics, and I think some druids came mm-hmm. in to purify all, the all, field. All the uh, help you could get there, yeah. Yeah. So that was nice. That was nice. Um, I would say that was a turning point for no one's shift away mm-hmm. from kind of selfishness. Yeah, the the old, I, I uh, lamented I had no shoes till I met a man with no feet. Yeah. In this case, literally. They had broken off. And the chaotic neutralness was changing. So Noan's chaotic neutral wasn't like errant weird behaviors, which I think people expected. Like, ah, oh, I mean, just kick that person or do whatever. Mm-hmm. It was more of that selfishness and just sort of acting to preserve that. So um, that was the turning point. Yeah. And then also in Porta Magnum, um, that's where... Uh, 
Craval at the time, uh, uh, Grinval went mad and started chasing Alice or Arlen around the uh, around the Cotter Mansion and revealed that he was going crazy and you needed to get him back to uh, the Dragonborn. So you had to go up, and then that was his backstory mm-hmm. coming out, which we've already talked about. Um, and then uh, he got married. Cotter got married. And then you had to go off to uh, Frozen Waterfall to find the next phylactery. And I believe this is one of your more favorite uh, encounters there because we were against the Remoras. Those are one of my favorite monsters, yes. And But it was very interesting for me because they do damage when you hit them. Mm-hmm. And, of course, one of the things that the monks do is they strike repeatedly for moderate amounts of damage mm-hmm. that ends up adding up to being a huge amount of damage. Yeah. I remember as you were getting damaged while damaging the Remoras that... Um, I remember you, I could just remember you stopping and I could just see the wheels turning in your head going, if I keep doing this, I'm going to die first. Well, and I have resistance to fire, so Mm -hmm. I I could last that a little bit longer, but I forget what level we were at that point. It was about five or five or six. Six, So, you know, and these things dealt out quite a big of a bit of heat damage mm-hmm. so yeah. you know i could survive maybe a round or two more but it it wasn't it wasn't too helpful but yeah i remember i remember uh, watching watching you kind of doing the mental math on it and realizing that this was going the wrong direction yeah and where where no one uh you know could throw darts but certainly isn't a, a range fighter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you're just kind yeah. of like well that was great. Yeah, and that was kind of a bonus thing for the Dungeon Master because basically I had put in a bunch of iconic monsters. I mean, you, fa- you face Beholder, you face a dragon, now the Remoras, um, and uh, it just was kind of... It, it wasn't until you were involved in the fight that I'm like, oh, hey, this is actually the hard counter to the to the monk yeah. and the and the rogue. You know, so, something that uh, if you nickel and dime it, it nickels and dimes you back. Yeah, it's uh, one of that reflective damage, which is always brutal yeah um anyways you made it through there got out uh you know with the thing collapsing around and you and that's when we lost our javelin of lightning yes um uh, the ceiling collapsed and you were unable and actually that was a great moment of honesty on on drew's part because he, he's like you know i didn't go and say i was recovering the javelin as we were running out so i have to say that my uh my character would have not gone back to get the uh the javelin and uh, then um, you made it back to uh, Porta Magnum. And then as you're leaving, that's when Orlana blew herself up and, and saved all of you but died. Yeah. Um, and then you made it to uh, Faramons. And the cousin there wanted you to depose her cousin. Yeah. I remember there being a bit of resistance to that idea. Well, we're getting a little tired of of being pawns and these noble royal mm-hmm. spats. And the last time someone asked you to do this, it turned out they were just lying straight to your face. Yeah. I mean, at least they didn't have us killed right to our face, yeah. but, but yeah. And that was, uh, and that's when we had like the, uh, the succubus. Yeah. Creating you, all you, sorts you of involved. trouble. And actually an interesting thing happened in that one too, because you had to wade through the guards to get to the Baron who the, uh, the cousin had convinced you was actually someone in disguise that wasn't actually her cousin. And um, all the other players, when they downed one of the guards, made sure to say that it was um, non-lethal damage. And until we got to Noan, and he's like, no, I'm just going to kill him. 
Pretty much. Yeah. And so that one actually came back and bit you in the back, uh, literally. Um, you ended up meeting the son of one of these uh, dwarves who then tried to assassinate you many, many uh, weeks later when you came back again. Yeah, yeah. And that was humbling because as a monk, hand-to-hand fighting is is my thing. And once I was face-to-face with this rogue, I, I felt I should have been able to handle myself a little better. But this assassin was uh, tricky. Yeah. But also it was interesting because, you know, this was, you know, natural consequences. Um, you know, the, the, the individual encounters aren't just a standalone thing, but they, they can have repercussions later on. You can, yeah. you know, they get better things that help you out or, or things that actually hinder you later on. You never know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so you um, got out of there and you um, got back actually all the way around to... Um, back finally to Lowford for the first time in forever. Um, and you got to meet Arlen's family. Yes. And the cow, I believe. Yes, the favorite cow. And it turns out Arlen's even more wholesome than we thought. Yeah, yeah. It puts the Brady Bunch to shame. Yeah. And uh, then um, you actually fought and destroyed um, the uh, Snoot, the Black Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is where actually... Um, Adri had died to the dragon okay. and Cotter made the choice to uh, to sacrifice himself instead and, and then that just turned out to be just a uh, a uh, device by the uh, the god to prove his, his loyalty mm-hmm. um, and then he got off the coast and uh, went and had to take the uh, the fisherman's boat over to the island and there you met the great hunter yeah Muldoon and uh, you, you guys were just such big fans of this this hunter weren't you no, we weren't. Everybody hated him. And, and no one who was probably the coldest of the bunch certainly wasn't in for just wanton murder of, of innocent creatures, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if if like something had annoyed him, sure, he would make sure that they could never annoy him again. But just butchering creatures, it was like... Mm. Even no. even 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 uh, no one has to have a reason to uh, yeah. to kill yeah. yeah it's not just not just because it's a pretty thing on your wall yeah. and anyway so you uh, made it over there and that's where you had the big beholder fight but before you got to the beholder uh, you um, met the storm king the uh, storm giant that was the king of the seas out there who uh, was kind of an exile after having you know with with no one leaving and going on ships had just become this despondent lonely soul out there and i remember um no one having a really passionate or maybe not passionate side the way we're, but very heartfelt compassion um, yeah you know compassionate yeah uh plea for him to come out and and you know see the sunlight and and that was uh, kind of a real turning point for for me, you know, in the in that encounter. Going, yeah, he, this is this is compelling enough. He would do that, and yeah. uh, it was that was kind of neat to see no one reaching out to somebody who is in in worse shape than he was. Yeah, and exiled, mm-hmm. so no one understood. Yeah, kindred spirit in that regard. Um, but then you um, had the big dust up with the uh, with the beholder and um i don't know at, at the time if if the party realized it but you made two rolls during that fight one it was like a disintegration ray and the other one it was a par- uh, petrification ray 
that no one made by one point or two points. And it's like, oh, that is so, I mean, so basically you guys came just a couple of ticks of the die away from that entire fight turning deeply south very quick. Yeah, I remember we were like, that was easy. Yeah, and then you're like, no, it wasn't, guys. You guys just got really lucky on those rolls because you almost end up with a no-on statue. And, and then actually Arlen almost died. The only thing that saved him from from death was the uh, periaptive wound closure that he was wearing, and, the, and that burnt the magic item out. And I and I remember the discussion about the anti-magic field and key. Mm-hmm. And was it magic or not? Yeah, because it's like inner strength. Yeah, and we, I think, yeah, we 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 ruled that no, it's it's a it's an innate ability of the yeah. monks. It's not something magical. So, so yeah, and I think we said you could use key to charge your 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 powers or do mm-hmm. your dash or even be immune to diseases because that's being honing your that. Yeah. But but effects like uh, misty steps or you know shooting mm-hmm. burning hands if we had that would be considered magical usage of key. Yeah. So, uh, but that was, it was fun to be able to, to have that debate. Yeah. Um, anyways, you were, you were successful in defeating the, uh, the beholder and you made your way back to the mainland to, uh, go and, and dispose of the phylactery you had, but you had that one stole away from you. Yeah, that was, that was punkish. And isn't that when we had the traveler, we met the yes, traveler y- for the first the, time? Uh, Lowell put you in, in the, uh, the, uh. Endless plane for the third time. Uh, the first time was down there in in the basement of his uh, of his uh, tower there. And actually, what did you feel like when you first got put on that endless plane? And it's just you know, there's just no way out. It just goes on forever. There doesn't seem to be any way to get out of this thing. Well, I think before this time we had been in there, and the way to get out was like to allow yourself to get sucked down or, well, you or had, to you die. Had to ki- you had to kill each other. Yeah. Um. So we're all like. Do we have to kill each other you know, this time? You know, the was, second time there was actually a puzzle you had to solve. But to get out was never a pleasant thing. Mm-hmm. You, I guess dying was enough of a system shock that that could break yeah. break the illusion. Because um, our bodies were, were somewhere else. Our brains were in this. Yeah. I wouldn't even say if it was an illusion per se. I would say it was just like a psychic plane versus yeah. a... Mat- well, that's basically what an illusion is. It's something but, um, that exists in your mind. But um, but this time you ran into the mind traveler. Yeah. And he uh, beat you all the way out of the uh, of the uh, illusion. Yeah. Uh, some of you had already actually saved against it, but then he freed the rest of you. Yeah. And, we were beaten regularly. We learned yes. the trade. Yeah. And um, then after that... Um, you uh, and actually, what was your thought on the the phylactery? It was stolen by Lowall from you. You when when you got out of the the uh, illusion, you realized you no longer had it in your possession. So at that point, we were all like, "Oh, is this the real one? Because why would Lowall care about this one?" Um, which then leads to discussions: Why would Lowall even keep us alive? You could say, "Ah, oh, it's amusing to him," but if we got that close to finding his mm-hmm. soul. You know, certainly or, from a no one's point of view, that's the time to to just end it. Yeah. Or you know, uh, you know, is it just like swiping a candy from a baby? Yeah. It's like you know, oh, that was easy. Take it away. These these, these you know, infants are of no consequence to me. But certainly, if you have infants stealing your candy, you make sure they can't take any more candy. Yeah. Um, but from a no one's point of view, it, it would be confusing. Why leave us alive? Clearly, we got close once. Mm-hmm. Clearly, we're defeating your 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 guardians. 
Yeah. So well, the other possibility is it wasn't the real one, and you know he left you alive because oh here I'm going to steal this one and make you think it's the real one. So. Or, you know, or even perhaps even a little more darkly, because that was the phylactery that was kind of depressing or exasperating the depression of, mm-hmm. of the giant. So maybe I'll just put it back, mm. you know, the thumb, you know, because that was an actual good deed we did yeah. versus just defeating a, a, a guardian. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I could see a Lowell trying to, to cheese us that way. Yeah. That, that seems to be the, the uh, phrase of the moment, yeah. And anyway, so then you went, uh, had to go down back into the depths of the earth to uh, encounter Adri's backstory and get another phylactery there. And um, how, do, how did you enjoy Adri's backstory? Um, it was kind of icky. Half of us were prisoners. And um, who was it? We had to fight... I think a dragonborn in an arena or something like we had to do something that we had to keep away, keep a secret from Creval, right? I'm trying to remember that. Um, Adri saw a dragonborn being pitted in, yeah. in the in the pits, and and yeah, it, it the party had a, or the players had a discussion out of the game that you know it's like this is something that Adri will never be able to tell Creval because. It, you know, all the dragonborn are essentially members of his family because even even if they're a different clan, you know, they're they're brothers and and, and it was so. like still her family participating in it. Well, and, they were watching the the gladiatorial yeah. games as is, yeah. But so. as nobility, you they're feeding into it. You mm-hmm. know, who yeah. knows? And as half of us were in jail, you could only suspect that her family had contributed fighters at some point. Um, so that was that was icky. Um, and just seeing how the drow just toyed with you, mm-hmm. you know, with little poison spiders and, yeah. and this is and that. As, as Bryce said, you know, his, his character could could see why there were so many stories about the drow, uh, if that's the way they are. Yeah. And what's interesting is, you know, they serve a demon queen and demons are known for being super violent in their chaos. But the drow, not so much. They're a little, they're more sneaky, sort of like where Noan was a little more selfish in 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 the chaotic. Mm-hmm. They were they like to see things suffer, and being outwardly violent just ended ends that yeah. too quickly. Exactly, um, yeah. And then running into Loth or an avatar of Loth or whatever that was, and uh, well, that would have some major consequences going on because she left a mark on each of you. Yeah, and and kind of like the and the, the, the curse of mm-hmm. not oneness, I guess that was. Yeah, she could cash in and, and you would automatically fail whatever it is what you're doing. But that was in line with just kind of the torment. So mm-hmm. Loth, yeah. again, uh, you would sur- surmise could get really ticked off and just decimate an entire city, but then all her toys were gone. So yeah. um, It's much more fun to watch them drop one by one. Yeah, that was that was rude. That was rude. And anyway, so you were able to escape from that and you entered an illithid hive and almost ended up getting TPK'd because it turns out we don't have any intelligence-based people in the group and the illithid attack intelligence. But um, but that was probably my favorite kill because I put the bag of holding on that yes. Mind Flayer's head and just popped it. So that was... Uh, we basically we found a hack to turn a pretty common low cost mm-hmm. magic item into an insta death 
device. Yeah. And, and I, you know, at the time I was like, you know, I don't even care if this is actually the way it's supposed to be used or even possible because this is too cool an idea. So yeah, sometimes I mean, when it's really cool, you just got to let the players go. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That sounds great. Let's and, do it. And then we had the traveler come, came with, yep. with their gith, gith, githrazai or githyanki. I forget which ones, mm-hmm. um, but basically said, yeah. We'll go hit. out that way. We're going to deal with the brain. Yeah, the, you you guys ended up like I said, almost in a TPK situation where you were uh, um, up against the wall. Three fifths of you were down, and Arlen and uh, and Creval had to go and basically use what magic items they had left to spirit you out of the room. And that's where you ran into the mind traveler who was going the other way with the uh, Gith trying to. Uh, to you know, remove the uh, the illithids and got involved in a big Donnybrook there. You know, the friend of my you know my yeah. enemy is my friend type yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. And it, what's and there was like a, a ship or something like we yes, went they had one of their Nautilus ships and it disappeared while you were uh, while you were busy with the uh, the combat going on. Yeah, and you were able to make it out of there and you got to the uh, Excalibarium War. And the whole group had to split up because uh, now all of a sudden, as if you didn't have enough uh, emergencies going on, um, Arlen seemed to be building up to an explosion. Mm-hmm. So, but you couldn't save um, Port and Magnum and save Arlen at the same time. So you had to split up, and that's when the Tabaxi appeared. Yeah. And uh, so half of the group went off with Tabaxi doing each job. And uh, the Excalibarium War actually was. Uh, Went pretty well for you guys, but pretty badly for uh, Port of Magnum on the whole. Yeah. Um, and to the point, actually, that you almost all died on that one because it, it came down to initiative order when you actually faced yeah. against the Baroness. Um, you know, everybody was down except one person, and, and the one person was able to take a potion and give it to the cleric who was then able to heal the paladin who was then able to heal um, whoever whoever the last person was that was down. And I think that was, that was when Jesse's tabaxi sorceress was just sitting there shooting like oh, yeah. combined twin she finally, flame. She and, finally got to be artillery for the first time. So that yeah. was that was probably a key factor of just laying waste to. Yeah, she was able just to lob in damage from from afar and not uh, and not be bothered, so she could just keep wailing on things. Yeah, um, and then after that you all got a interesting couple of announcements the first was that cotter was to be the next baron of porta magnum uh the uh the current baron was going to accede to him but then the surprise was that he couldn't be um baron uh or you were all asked to that to find um the a new baron for um ex-colbaron Calise, but it couldn't be cotter because he was going to be Port of Magnum. So it had the, the one of the remaining four of you would have to step up and be Baron of Excalibarum Calise. And everyone started pointing fingers at Adri right away, but uh, did no one ever want that uh, that honor? No. Didn't yeah, it's totally totally uh, totally not in his wheelhouse. No, no, and just that that no one had certainly and no one was turning I think at this point had become more lawful neutral versus mm-hmm. chaotic neutral, but certainly was interested in power for self-preservation, mm-hmm. but not controlling things. Power for power's sake, yeah. Um, and then um, you all had to go off and go to the gnome home. Yeah. yeah. And take one d ten pun damage at yeah. every turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was was, was that terrible or was that fun? Oh, it was quite pun. Oh, good. 
I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. And then you had to go face a red dragon. And this was actually kind Two of... Two red dragons. Well, that, that was the trick of the whole thing. Um, this was actually, in my mind, one of the more interesting bits of development of Noan's character is he volunteered basically to go in as bait and sacrifice himself so the rest of the party could go and finish the dragon off. And it actually, if it wasn't for the death ward that was placed on you, which was a part of the plan... Mm-hmm you know given but it wasn't for that yeah the dragon would have finished him off so um that was uh that was uh quite quite an, a, a thing that he proposed for everyone to do there and it was a good plan yeah well it, it worked in the end it just didn't work on the correct dragon yeah and and i remember when when uh, cotter took the dragon down just everyone just kind of staring around going that's it that that, that was way too easy is no. that it and it was too easy because that wasn't the right dragon so uh, and then you uh, went up the hill and uh, got a bunch of Pegasuses. Yeah. Which, which was fun. Did you like the Pegasus? I did. I did. I thought it was cheap that Cotter kept, a sele- you know, the the greater steed as a Pegasus. So I was like, come on, man. Come on. Change that up a little. Yeah. It's a spirit. You can make it look like whatever you want. It would have been more fun if he made it a Pegasus too. Yeah. Um, and then you got up to the giant's castle, the floating castle in the sky. And um, things went swimmingly right from the start, didn't they? Well, considering Arlen can't really act that well. but T- Turns out not a single person took a point in deception. No, no, no. And um, I think I can, Adrian and I both could understand and make ourselves understood. Mm-hmm. But um, we certainly couldn't speak giant, so yeah. it's sort of like Star Wars, you know, where Han knows Wookie and Wookie knows Common. But yeah, that would have been a giveaway. So that was that was interesting trying to figure out when that trap would spring. Yeah, and it, it finally did, but not until No One's backstory came out. Yeah, Dad. Yes, and and uh, how how did you greet that backstory? We we've, we've talked about it in previous uh, interviews, but. Let's go over it one more time. Yeah, here. well, I didn't expect it to come out that way. So, um, you know, I didn't know. I, I'd i always thought, oh, Dad had to have been like Asmodeus or someone like that. I mean, if you're going to be brought into this world and tormented, you might as well have something cool mm-hmm. in the background. And, you know, a greater devil, I guess, is pretty cool, but... In the entire hierarchy of things, so turns out, you know, better than an imp or yeah. you know a, a lemur or something yeah. like that. But still, just middle management when you get down to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And just was like, oh, you, yeah, you, um, and you know, I thought I would get a few more licks in than I did, and I guess I, I lasted okay. I mean, one. One monk against a, a greater devil. You're not really expected to win that fight, but um, well, but that that's the point where yeah, I this, really this was uh, Loth cashing in her mark that yeah. caused you to fail, and and because of that, you lost all of your reactions, and that really yeah. really hampers a monk. It turns out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that's the point where I really turned and I said, you know what? I'm one hundred percent against whatever fiendish heritage i have yeah so. and you had a conversation with dianect and yeah and, and decided to convert to to doing good deeds yeah. well i'd had a conversation with dianect sometime before mm-hmm. saying oh come join me and then 
Alowal, I think, was come join me. And I just said, no, I follow my own path. You yeah. guys can go go do whatever. So, yeah, interesting to see the, the change in Noan's outlook there. And I never joined Dynek, per se. I just said being good is better. Yeah. Which maybe is enough for Dynek. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was very interesting. And, and as I said at the time, um, when everybody gave me their backstories almost six years ago now, um, I actually sat down and I wrote up the encounter where the backstory would come out. And so six years ago, I wrote up that scene. Um, and, you know, I sat down and I said, now, why would someone create a, you know, fiendish looking creature to walk the, the planes? It's like, oh, yeah, so this would probably be somebody who was trying to create chaos on the prime material plane. Why would they do that? Well, the devils have a whole hierarchy. So this would get him points in the hierarchy. So it would probably be somebody that was bucking for a promotion. So it wouldn't be a high level person because they're already there. So and it wouldn't be a low level person because they wouldn't have the power. So it would be like someone in the middle that was trying to move up in the hierarchy would, would come up with this, this fiendish plan. Cause any, any, any kill that I did would count for them. Yeah. yeah. They would get a, a piece of that pie. Yeah. So that, that's that's where my, my mind went there. So I wrote wrote this whole thing up six years ago. So and it was uh, just uh, interesting the way it all came out in the end. Yeah, yeah. Quite the opposite for dad there. Yeah. Probably when, when your offspring starts becoming a force for good, actually... Yeah, probably going to end up, yeah, getting... Dad, dad may not be uh, an ice devil yeah, right now. Or, or if he is, he's on the bottom of the promotion list at this point in time. Yeah. So especially not having a prime material of form for a while he's probably hampered and all sorts of things so but anyways so um that's pretty much where we left i think you all got back and met with gauchabar and he sends you through rings of fire and you're now all trying to find the um, items of power that are going to keep you alive in the uh, next phase of the uh, adventure when you actually meet a low all and uh, that's where we are currently so what are you looking forward to happening here in the near future well, I'm certainly curious to see what the rings would bring me because I have some magic items that seem to serve me pretty well. So I'm like, for me to to utilize these new items, I'm going to have to give up something I have. What's that going to mean? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but interestingly enough, when you and Adri walked out, it was two-year-old monastery. Yeah. And clearly things had gone awry. Yeah. So we'll... It's uh, but right now we're we're dealing with the ziggurat of woe, mm-hmm. and hopefully in a in a few uh, weeks we'll be able to deal with that adventure next week actually yep yep so don't don't fear uh, uh, listeners in a couple of weeks we'll have the ed- finally the end of the ziggurat adventure and for me I'm I find it exciting to play a good character and I'm really trying to like not leave use lethal force all the time, Mm -hmm. or even fight all the time. So I'm leaning on things like my sanctuary more and trying to, uh, you know, use some of the other skills to to negotiate some of these things first. Yeah, pretty good. So, Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, But as we say, uh, to find out what happens there, we're going to have to wait for the next episode. Yeah. Yeah.